Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the football ramble, ladies and gentlemen. That, oh. you, you had an air of a man who's just come out of a hedge. Hello. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing in my field? <laughs> when I was in Edinburgh, I saw two homeless people recognise each other. And from the looks of it, they weren't homeless when they last knew each other. And um, <laughs> the bloke was like, oh, how are you doing? Like, what do you think he's doing? It's the same as you. It's the football ramble, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hello. Start as we uh, left off last <laughs> week, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, yes, uh, I am Marcus Speller. I never introduce myself. You don't? It's, it's certainly not first. No. But we're, we're unconventional. The this first week. shall be last in the kingdom of the ramble. Clever. Mm. Uh, James or Jim is here. Hello. And Pete Donaldson's here. Howdy. And uh, Luke is not. He's no, away he's sunning himself. Still on holiday. Uh, I think he's almost home. I think he's. Uh, is he back tonight? Or the, I don't the, know. He might be, might be in the air as we speak. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He's up <laughs> in the, the air. Fog. Up in the <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, he could be mistaken for a cloud, to be fair. Um, right, gentlemen, let's get on with the show. Um, in light of, of Liverpool's goal, first goal against Sunderland, where uh, I suppose Torres uh, nicked the ball off uh, Michael Turner, who played it back to the goalkeeper, um, and he said he wasn't ready for it. They scored, and one team had stopped playing, the other team carried on. There was a bit of confusion. Chaps, a goal, a favourite goal or a memorable goal... That reminds you of that kind of thing, James. Um, I'm going to go for probably the most famous uh, example of this, which was when Arsenal played Sheffield United in the FA Cup. I think it was in yes, it 1999. Was, yeah. And um, basically, what happened is the ball had gone out because the Sunderland player was injured. They put it out, and um, I forget who took the throw, but Carnu ended up with a ball, and uh, he basically ran Didn't down the wing. Run down the right. No, it was Carnu who ran down, and okay. um, he. Pu- crossed it in for Overmars to score oh, right. and um, Carney later claimed he didn't I, I've, I've heard two different things about this one was that he didn't realise that was a custom here and the second one was that he just didn't know that that, that was what had happened because bear in mind he would have been about 40 at the time well, so, so his, he, his he mind suffered was, from memory loss yeah, what happened his mind was probably early. elsewhere but they they replayed the game didn't they um, Wenger it, offered to replay the game Steve Bruce took it up and the scoring ended up being the same can you imagine that now Wenger would the, never replay the game now. <laughs> no with the fixture congestion and, yeah, and right. general stubbornness mm. <laughs> yeah good strong start Petey. Uh, uh, I'm going to go off the West Ham Man United match um, when Decanio... Was it Old Trafford? I believe so. It was, yes. Yeah, when Decanio ran through. Oh, yes. Took it past Bartes and Bartes just had his hand up. He didn't even bother trying to save the... Save the goal. Oh, that was when they all—they thought he was offside and he ran yeah. through. Bartes, sorry, Pete, carry no, on. Well, Bartes was really good for like an, a monumental cock-up every now and then, wasn't he? <laughs> Obviously, he was a very good keeper, but he just lost his head so Imagine often. Imagine having the balls to do that, though. Just, but that wasn't yeah. so much of a cock-up, I think. I mean, it, Bartes... Didn't, didn't you say that... He, didn't you want to say that um, Bartes later admitted that 
that he just put his hand up because yeah, just just to put him off basically. Well, that's right. I think Barthez tried to do a bit of gamesmanship, and it didn't work. Decanio <laughs> just carried on and slotted it in. And uh, and they won the game one nil. That was the only two goal. stubborn mental men. Decanio <laughs> <laughs> too stubborn to think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm offside. Well, no, but Decanio's played to the whistle. Rule yeah, number yeah, one, right. Pete. Rule, rule, number one. No, rule number one is don't play the ball across the face of your oh, own no, area. No, no. Rule yeah. number not point five is if in doubt, kick it out. In England, at a corner, not point two five point is uh, at a corner. After the ball's being played, everyone shouts, "Get out! <laughs> Get out!" <laughs> Even if you're not playing with a linesman. So <laughs> offsides yeah, are, yeah. are negligible. Mm. Um, the sweeper shouting, "Come back!" <laughs> Do you think in Spain they say, "If in doubt, knock it out"? No, probably not. maybe it, in it, Spanish, like yeah. a sort of rhyming equivalent. <laughs> what is that? What is? Uh, what oh, is I don't Spanish know. I'm not, you're good at Spanish. No, I'm not. That you, are. you are. You always claim good. you're not, and then we go to places where you have to speak it, and you're fine. Yeah, that's not true. Yes, it is. I didn't get on very well in Italy with it. Um, <laughs> you did. Did I? You actually did. You were speaking Spanish to Italian people, and they, yeah, and they knew were what you meant. Pissed off. Well, they were ret- <laughs> they were generic Italians. They were just ge- gesticulating. They weren't angry. Yeah, yeah. It's mainly mainly sign language. Um, uh, what am I going to go for? That's uh, what you tell us now. Yes, uh, that, that's a good one, Pete. I'm going to say um, USA '94. Right. Any opportunity. The whole tournament. No, I've, it was when Brazil played Holland in the quarterfinal. And it was a great game. Brazil won 3-2. Uh, Branco scored an outrageously uh, far-out free kick. Uh, I mean, the yardage Man, rather than... Man, far-out! <laughs> <laughs> I knew... A rainbow came off the back of it! <laughs> yeah, you have to watch what you say around here. You certainly do. Um, it was uh, the fir- second goal, Bebeto scored, and he it was another offside one again, Pete, like yours. And he was put through, and it was at the time, I think, when the rule was kind of changing on who's interfering with play, who isn't. Romario was offside. Some of the Dutch defenders had stopped. Babetta went through, slotted in, and did the famous uh, baby celebration, which mm. I'm doing now to remind you. Oh, the cradling the baby. <laughs> cradling the baby. That's enough. I thought you were pulling a massive horse from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm going to give out points then. Hey. Go on, Pete, you have them. Sweet! Gah. So, who's had them in Luke's absence? Jim's had some, I've You've had, had some them each. Yeah. It's almost hey. like I've fixed it, so that's the way it went. <laughs> oh, you're literally <laughs> pointless, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, on to proceedings. Liverpool 2, Sunderland 2. Should the goal have stood or should it not? Of course it's, it should have. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, a lot of people are arguing this, aren't they? It, it has caused quite a lot of furore because the, it. It, by the letter of the law, it is. You know, he's taken the free kick there. I mm. think. I think the main issue with it is that Atwell wasn't looking at the ball. That's, yeah. you know, he's got. To, he's got to be concentrating on what's actually going on, and that, yeah. that's a, a huge, huge thing. So, I mean, the Hall of Five live over that weekend was just grotesque. They have a lot of <laughs> Liverpool supporting uh, presenters, to be quite frank. But six or six was a a, a big mess because it was just people just going, "Well, you know, letter of the law states this is a case, but a common sense mm. must prevail." Mm. No, the letter of the law must prevail. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what what you. All complain about six or six rules do not have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> not in this studio, they don't. Generally. <laughs> it's just the whole situation is quite weird. Isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of talk um, as well. That Torres was kind of unsporting, and I, I suppose there's certainly an, an element of that to it. It's just so you, you could tell Liverpool in a situation where they need to just grab at anything they can. <laughs> yeah. if this sort of thing's going on. Was it was it, was it uh, Dion Dublin against uh, Newcastle or Shea giving balls out the ball and uh, oh, yeah. Dublin because uh, that could have been my choice, but uh, yeah. I guess a well, better one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Double uh, points. Check you out. Oh, dear, oh dear. <laughs> I don't think the goal should have stood. 
Okay, was that Marcus? Um, well, I'll explain. Uh, I because Turner clearly is just knocking the ball back to the keeper to take the free kick. And if mm. you look when Torres runs for the ball, Turner just he just runs past Turner. He doesn't care. Mm. If he'd have thought, "Oh crap, I've played it short," he would have turned he would have around. Run back and, and and therefore, as far as I'm concerned, Turner wasn't putting the ball into uh, play. But we shouldn't have to look at players' facial expressions to see that you know the, the, if he. It was in between the goalkeeper and him, mm. and to be fair, the, the actual infringement happened where the ball was anyway. So why was he knocking it back? As I recall, the, the FA is he... giving back yards as opposed to stealing them. Yeah. The FA have actually backed Stuart Atwell on this, and he... their, their claim oh, is that um, you don't have to blow the whistle to sort of indicate that the ball, uh, that, the, that the free kick can be taken, mm. and it's often about sort of minute gestures and stuff like that. So it's, it's a very weird situation, isn't it? Yeah. Quick thinking from Torres as well, yeah, very which no one's really sort of mentioned, and also because <laughs> of everything that happened in the game including Steven Gerrard's elbow which I'm sure we'll get onto <laughs> it's kind of been missed that Gerrard's goal was brilliant yeah, it was. it's an incredibly quick yeah. reaction yeah, it, it came out of, I don't know how he managed to even direct that ball it was so quick just and quick at his face yeah. <laughs> ah! I'd have ducked out of the way exactly it, instinctively I think you would it was, <laughs> it was a, a great goal Gerrard must be tired of digging them out of holes by now surely he and Torres yeah, if this did. season continues the way it is I mean, something, I know everyone said this last season, but surely, I mean, Torres, the body language look, doesn't look great, does it? And I just wonder where they're going. But you want, I think Liverpool fans are waiting for Joe Cole really to kick in. I think he's done okay of late, mm. but really to start being a match winner, you know. Yeah, which something, we all know he's capable of. To sort of. Something has to sort of change very, very quickly. I, I see sort of um, Gerard. Um, uh, not remonstrate. What's the opposite of remonstrating with a crowd? Sort of just demonstrate. <laughs> well, I guess we'll let do the demonstrating, <laughs> and he's sort of agreeing with them and giving them a little nod and stuff about the the, the Gillette and um, and Hicks nonsense. But, yeah. uh, but that, that that needs to be resolved sooner rather than later. Is it October? Mm. It's all going to be. Well, I don't know because there's been a lot of a lot of talk that it's going to be resolved very soon, and then it just never happens, doesn't it? I, don't, I hope for their sake that they can get it sorted out soon. Cause Absolutely. Um, uh, Manchester City beat Chelsea one 0 Chelsea have finally lost, and nobody took advantage. Mm, yeah. uh, uh, well, they lost b- a few days previously, Peter. We yes, have to come did, to you yes. for a quote here. <laughs> um, Newcastle actually went to Stamford Bridge and won. It did was League well. Cup, but Shola Ramiobi scoring the winning goal. Well, well I think both time. teams. I mean, people sort of talk about Chelsea having a bit of a scratch team out. We had a scratch team out. Yeah. We, we made ten changes. Shola Ramiobi was in it, and Shola Ramiobi was in it, for example. <laughs> but um, scoring two excellent strikers' goals. Yeah. I was just. And and with a nonchalant sort of, oh, I do this every week sort of look as he strolls mm. off. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful, 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 wonderful to see. Well, you know, even a stopped clock occasionally finds a nut. <laughs> <laughs> so very good, um, <laughs> you little hijacker. Um, yeah, Tevez scoring for City, murking John Terry again. Mm. I liked his uh, t-shirt. What did it say? I mean, happy birthday, mum. Oh, that's nice. If he'd have been booked for that, it would have been absolutely scandalous. And an insult to mums everywhere. Exactly. (laughs) And And I I think that's why he didn't. I I thought Boyata was um, quite lucky. He was shouldering Drogba about quite a bit, wasn't he? He knocked him off... Well, he didn't have the ball, and I imagine this is why he got away with this, but he just barged him over in the box, and there was nothing said of it. And I like that he's called Boyata. It makes you want to sort of go, Attaboy, Boyata. (laughs) (laughs) Or it does me, anyway. Yeah, no, I think... This might uh, you, that that sort of result might really kick on uh, Man City's season. Yeah, they, absolutely. They, they've been stuttering, I think, at best. To they be have, quite yeah. frankly, they they have, they've yeah. been not very inconsistent. Very quickly. But I think it also shows that Chelsea can be shut out. 
yeah. and they can actually be dealt with because it's the first real test Chelsea have had and they've, they've, right. they've well, failed well, it. Well, 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 apart from the might of Shona Raviovi. First time we won in like since 86 I think in Stamford Bridge. Really. My goody old. Um <laughs> Arsenal, James or oh, Jim. Dear. Um, let's start off by congratulating <laughs> West Brom on genuinely being the better side and just wanting it more and just playing the ball very well and just yeah. generally being absolutely fantastic. When you look at the start they've had, they've had some tough games and they're fifth. They've, yeah. they've got a lot of difficult yeah. games out of the way. They could, you know, really away to Arsenal, do well this season. Away to uh, Chelsea. I yeah. think, what, was it 6 0? Yeah. Chelsea? But yeah. still. I mean, they were 3 0 up. Yeah, um, and uh, th- with a penalty saved as well. That's right. Which is absolutely astounding. And um, it's, Arsenal just didn't look at the races. And it's just, yeah. Wenger said after the game, I didn't recognise my team, I don't know what was going on. And it's just, again, it's Arsenal players coasting through games, thinking they're going to win just by turning up. We look at Wigan last season with 2 0 up, lost 3 2 to yeah. Wigan. I mean, no <laughs> disrespect for them, that but you, that should, just shouldn't happen for a team. Claiming to be fighting for the title, you know. Mm. I mean, again, no disrespect to West Brom, you've got to win that game. Of at course, home. I've, absolutely. It's ridiculous. I mean, that, and then Chelsea are dropping points. Yeah, and people aren't capitalising. And I mean, I mean, the one positive is Sami Nasri's performance. Whenever he's had to deputise for Fabregas, he flourishes in that role. Mm. He really, really does play. He's, you get so much more out of him. It, was, it mm. was a weird weekend all round, wasn't it? I mean, it's rare it that all, all. I mean, what you'd say the big three teams were they all lost. Well, they, two of them lost. Mm. Well, well, Man United like drawing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just before we move on, a little note on West Brom. Odem Wingy scoring. Good to mm. see him enjoying his football. Um, uh, recently, now he was the player who played for Lokomotiv Moscow. Who West Brom signed them from there. And he had a bit of a tough time in Russia towards the end, certainly. The Lokomotiv Moscow fans put up the banner, I'm sure we've all seen that, which says, thanks West Brom, as in thanks for taking him off our hands. And there was a picture of a banana on there. Um, And obviously a lot of controversy... Because it's disgraceful behaviour, mm. but the Russian—it's fo- horrible racism. Exactly. Uh, the Russian Football Union Director General Alexei Sorokin. Now he said, I think it was last week, he said that uh, the reason for this uh, banana being in the picture, he said that the fans—the the reason for the reaction of the fans to Odin Wingy, he said apparently the fans were not happy with the fact he plays better for Nigeria and worse for the club. That's why they've shown their satisfaction after he left. He said it's nothing racial in it. He said the reaction would be the same if it was a player from Russia. Mark Norway or Japan for example he said in Russia to get a banana means to fail a test somewhere um, and about five years ago one Russian uh, international was booed as well and received the same banners and he said that the phrase to get a banana existed in the time of the Soviet Union and it's kind of, sort of disappeared. Odin Wenge was asked uh, Odin Wenge sorry was asked by a Russian newspaper what he thought of this and he said he'd never heard of that expression I think uh, a lot of before. Russians have said that as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right to be fair. Well, uh, uh, James Appel who writes uh, an excellent Eastern European uh, football blog for us on our website I was talking to him about this and he said yeah uh, it just doesn't really he's not heard of this and a lot of Russians as you say <laughs> Pete haven't heard of this yeah. um, and, and run, one Russian fan said the, the Russian football union are now inventing their own language so perhaps next time fans will make a banner featuring a monkey and the RFU will say oh in Russian it would be cool to be a monkey it's a statement <laughs> of respect for the player so, wow. um, and FIFA and UEFA have, uh, have kind of said they can't do anything about this they said the only, only the competition organiser can issue uh, the sanctions if it's if it's a league match, it has to be the Russian uh, Football Union, and if it's obviously a UEFA match, then UEFA uh, take up the reins there. So I just don't understand why we have these sort of silos of organisation and mm. responsibility that uh, that can't sort of FIFA's surely the governing body for everyone. Yeah, well, they? that's the thing, isn't it? If surely 
it, FIFA can step in at any point, like because th- yep. that's that's they're breaking the rules there. Surely there, <laughs> there are rules against flagrant racism like that. If we start using our hands in the Premier League, <laughs> are they going to go? Well, well, we can't do anything about it. It's the FA. The FA are allowing it, so we can't do anything. It's ridiculous. And also that explanation is ridiculous as well. They might as well be saying, no, no, it's uh, just a reminder to West Brom fans because they're so fat to eat more fruit. <laughs> Five a day, yeah. I think, is the message there. Which is well, that's how I interpret it. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interestingly enough. Of course, Russia are uh, d- wanting to host the World Cup. It's political is. correctness gone mad, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Racism is political correctness, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, there was one thing um, f- on this as well, where somebody from the from FIFA was asked if this if Russia should be able to host the World Cup with this um, in light of this and he just sort of batted, batted that away saying well, you, you know you're, you're putting an opinion in that question very clearly and, and they basically just didn't respond which I think is absolutely the right thing to do because they do have to be fair to Russia there they can't tar everybody with that brush just because one club yeah. has done that and I think that's absolutely the right thing from FIFA yeah. well done FIFA mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether that's good or bad. Um, anyway, back to the Premier League, and uh, as you said earlier, Pete uh, or James Bolton and Manchester United drew. And Manchester United didn't take a, a chance. Uh, sorry, Manchester United didn't capitalise on Chelsea's loss. No. Uh, nice to see Michael Owen scoring. It's Winter's always going to be. Uh, I knew that someone was going to say Henry. Going to be <laughs> say it's excitable at the very least. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good. Uh, good header from him. Nice to see him sort of rising. Mm. <laughs> kind of old like an injured this, salmon this weekend. Hesky rising, uh, Hesky rising, Owen yeah. rising. Yeah. yeah, like a salmon donkey. I suppose. Rising. James, Hesky are you a big fan of English English strikers rising? I, well, I enjoy any striker yeah. rising. It's a really important part of the game. Like it frustrates me when people cross into Peter Crouch and he doesn't jump. Yeah, like, that, they're crossing in because you're so tall. Mm. <laughs> He'll never get the nickname the loaf. What does that mean? Or bread rises. <laughs> Do you think the press is to blame for Rooney's bad form? No, I think the football's to blame. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly too the actual ball it's itself. Too, it's too quick for him, and his legs as well. Mm. His yeah. legs and the ball are very much to blame. Okay, well, Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan, a man who knows about <laughs> bottling under <laughs> <laughs> pressure. My word. Yeah. Well, he said uh, about Rooney's bad form, he said, you can't have all the contracts, sell your wedding to magazines and things like this, and suddenly say, that's the tap I want to turn on, but we want to turn the other one off. <laughs> it's an oddly worded statement, but I think what I know what you mean. One of those taps where you don't mix it. The one <laughs> mixer tap. <laughs> <laughs> I just worry that, like, what's the hot tap? What's the cold tap? Is the hot the sexual allegations? <laughs> and the cold tap is the cool money flooding yeah. in. <laughs> wedding. Cool money sounds like a the rapper. cold hard cash. <laughs> the wedding shill. Uh, the wedding shill. Yeah, um, Keegan makes a, a fair point, I suppose. But I don't think Rooney's going. Oh, woe is me! Stop following me around. He does seem to be Alex just Ferguson. getting on with it and getting depressed by it. Which is Ferguson that keeps saying that the press are making his form bad. He, you know, he, he can't. The footballers have to understand that. You know, if they are a scalp and they are a scalp for yeah. paparazzi, for 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 media conglomerates and and, and, and ladies, to be yeah. quite frank, <laughs> who want to make a bit of cash. So you know, what I mean, he's Wayne Rooney. Wear a moustache or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good idea. I'll just get some some sort of play doh. <laughs> 
plastic surgery on your face, yeah, just do it yourself. Right. So, if a footballer does want to um, meet up with a lady of the night, mm. then he should wear a disguise. Yes, I think and so. that removes all moral What's responsibility. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> when this came up before, and he, he slept with that nan, um, <laughs> the stuff in the in the papers was saying about how he met some fans afterwards, and they were cheering him on. But the way it was written made it look like they knew he was up there with her, and were going Rune, Rune as he was performing. <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> I, I remember him. Sort of, I remember them sort of saying that he was signing autographs in the waiting room. Don't <laughs> sign autographs. Yeah. That, I don't believe you can. No, but well, you can. You, you can write so. a statement around it then and say this. <laughs> I, I was definitely here. Um, can I turn your attention to the championship? You can. You can do. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, Portsmouth have got a win and a mighty win. What a win, win hey. as well. Unless they were down to ten men, but still a six-one victory. Pete, it's a romp. Is um, a six. Well, we finished about talking about romp. <laughs> yeah, they won six-one. I'm glad the talking fan isn't here. Well, Luke Miller. Luke Miller. Mm. <laughs> well, actually, we got an email on that subject, which I'll dive straight in with. Hi, Ramble. Hello. Hello. Because um, uh, last week, obviously, we had a fan, didn't we? A little, by which I mean, like a fan that keeps you cool rather yes. than just like a, a supporter. Fan. And um, the email goes on to say, with Luke away from the, for the next Ramble, will, will the fan that replaced him momentarily be making a return? <laughs> I thought the fan made a lot of sense and had some decent points to make. <laughs> it also didn't keep trying to shoehorn Portsmouth into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> kind regards, Phil. So uh, we're in a, in a different place today so we don't have our fan yeah we have air this. conditioning you can't really yeah, hear you that. can't hear it no. but it's I assure you it's good <laughs> yeah, the, the, fa the fan is okay he's fine the, fa uh, the fan is in two bits actually because uh, we moved studios yeah. so we usually record it <laughs> basically so bag everything up the fans died the fans so, died since the last show it sadly have made it to the next studio <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway Portsmouth uh, they beat Leicester 6-1 I went to the Isle of Wight on the weekend mm, that's right. near and Portsmouth I was on I've been the there boat. lots of dogs on the beach good yep we like dogs and beaches um, I was on the I was on the boat and I didn't know the score and I got on and lots of happy Portsmouth fans I thought something's happened <laughs> and mm. I kept hearing scores of 6-1 and I thought surely not but it was <laughs> it was yeah. absolutely incredible Nuge Nuge scored didn't Dave, he David Nugent scored what's it Goblin Dave Kitson he scored <laughs> Liam Lawrence scored yes mm. good player Liam Lawrence it's a real coup for Portsmouth getting yeah. him uh, while I was on the Isle of Wight, James, you phoned me while I was watching a football match. Yeah, it was, I thought you were in a riot as, ja as James <laughs> phoned me a man scored from a corner Direct from a corner. Direct from a corner, Pete. Oh, I like those. Was it a windy day? No. Was it just, just horribly inept? Bang it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, James said, you never see that in professional football. I said, no, because it's easily dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> man on the back post, man on the front post. Yeah. Dealt with. Actually, I, went, I was there to see my friend Dan. He scored two goals. Well done, oh, Dan. Okay. Yeah, friend of the show, Dan Monaghan. There you are, you. Where does he so play? So. On uh, the Isle of Wight. He plays Power on the Isle of Wight. I don't know what called. He plays up front. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> running around like a busy little bee uh, also in the championship the other outstanding result for my money and I won't talk about anyone else's it was Derby 5 Palace 0 hmm hmm huge win <laughs> was Edgar <laughs> David's playing left back the next, again the, the next bit that is going to come up here but no, but it kind of I mean James you were talking about last week teams who are right next to each other in the table as they are hammering each hammering other yeah. yeah and that is that's an example of it but it's just people sort of switching off really and sort of yeah. going well we've let three in may as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> like may as well give, give, the, give the fans a bit of a show yeah yeah um, while we're on the subject of Derby County here we go this is what I was waiting for <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah come on the goal is, they have a goalkeeper called Stephen Bywater they do he's um 
He, he was, in a he was one of England's next big things for a long time, wasn't he, Stephen Bywell? He was very hotly tipped. <laughs> um, uh, he was a goalkeeper. Um, he's into. He's suddenly come out with some very odd artwork in his garden. Mm. Um, he's got a. Apparently, had a uh, crane lifted in uh, at a Portaloo toilet. And he, he covered it with graffiti. He's got a horse box with a blow-up uh, doll with it. And it's, it's a, a sex se- doll, isn't it? It's a sex doll. And uh, all sorts of other weird things. He describes his, these items in his front garden as a masterpiece. The neighbours aren't happy, and after a little dispute, <laughs> Bywater said he will take it all down. It's worth Googling that, because yeah, I brilliant. can just try and describe it, but there's, the, the picture says a thousand words. There's more to the, the story than that, because the, the neighbours have claimed that they were having like a long-running dispute, and this is they're taking this as a massive act of sarcasm oh, like, right. that, he's, that he's doing this to just really piss them off that yeah. he's putting this eyesore in and claiming it's art that's what they're saying oh, right, it's so weird right. it's got peace written on it hasn't it but P-I-E-C-E which is just a really odd word to write on anything that's yeah. standalone <laughs> it's just it's just kind of like it's it's more of a scandal than the Rooney thing I think <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely do that. because it's not even outsider art it's very much a, a, a man who's probably not as intelligent as uh uh, as most artists, I guess. Oh, yeah, you, you would think. This is art. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Anyone can do modern art. Portaloo and a sex doll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so-called modern art. You should call it so-called modern art. That's a, a <laughs> big, big gripe amongst um, mm. the older generation. Formerly known Older as stupid. Um, it, it, oh. It's all a bit much. That's what I'd say, Marcus. Mm. Words, words fail me. Mm. Words <laughs> fail me. Well, I can't just have a nice painting of a landscape. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on from um, ridiculous things. Uh, Paul Gascoigne has been appointed manager of non-league Garforth Town. Classic link. <laughs> that's your that's your Cruyff turn. That is. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Except he mastered his. Um, uh, yeah, Gazza's back in town, Garforth Town specifically. Yeah. Yeah. He um, his previous job, of course, was manager of Kettering. That was a little, little while ago. Now that lasted thirty nine days after the owner sacks him. Uh, the Garforth <laughs> owner, Simon Clifford, said, This is not a publicity stunt. <laughs> right, stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> stop right there. Quotes, he's on hold for the moment, <laughs> Pete. I just, well, no, I just, I, I said, this is not a pu- It is. It clearly mm. is. Right, well, he goes on to say... He turned um, up with a fishing rod and a football <laughs> in his dressing ground, and I realised, yeah, he's ready, he's back. <laughs> I knew the fishing rod was going to be said. Um, he said, this is not a publicity stunt. Uh, when we signed Socrates and Kareka, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says they love Paul, but nobody does anything about it. This is not doing something about no, it! this is exploiting he's him He's going to turn up drinking brandy like he does every day. <laughs> Christ! Oi, easy on the mic. <laughs> um, uh, I just, I, I just, <coughs> this isn't helping him. Uh, yeah, I, 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 if, if, if the FA has, need, has to step in with anything, they should step in with stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, he what, doesn't need this. Gaza seems to be going down the leagues until he finds his managerial level, which is emphatically a pub team. <laughs> And he seems to be sliding down towards that. He doesn't need this, according to Pete Donaldson. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't. Look at the Real Moat thing. That <laughs> wasn't just, that long ago. I could just Qu- imagine you, Pete, outside the gates of Garforth Down as Gaza arrived. And no! You, and you being held back by Stuart Spitfire <laughs> going, He doesn't need this! He doesn't need this. <laughs> Don't tell me what to qu- do, Pete! Let me read this quote. I want him to be an inspiration to someone who might have depression or problems in their lives. He's walked through hell, but has kept on walking. He's walking in a zigzag line. How? Because he's drunk. How many alcoholics aspire to be like Gaza? 
There's, it, he's not, not an inspiring figure no, he's at not this a moment in time, and he hasn't been for a very long time. And this is not uh, whose idea is this? Whose idea? Uh, wh who wants him in the public eye, so to speak? Who wants his big media stuff around town. so he can go and bloody? Are you having a breakdown, Peter? I'm just annoyed to be honest. I've just, <laughs> it would be lovely if he could sort of get it, them yeah. playing some nice football and start enjoying it and, and actually get some stability there and stay there for yeah. a while. But I just can't see it happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. He needs to find peace away from football, mm. and that's the that's yeah, the, very that's much the, so. That's the bottom. Very, you bang on with that, Pete, because he's tried this so many times and it always ends in the same way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, oh, well, as you say, James, who knows? Let's hope for a flipping miracle when he sorts himself out and all goes well, but uh, watch this space, really, on that one. Mm. Um, right, let's go round uh, some European leagues. Mm. Let's go knock on Serie A's door. Well, Premier League first, James. All right, play but run Serie out. A, Serie A will. Yeah, we've knocked and run. We've played a knock down ginger there with Serie A, <laughs> and we moved on to the Premier League. Now uh, we talked about Hercules, newly promoted Hercules, when mm. they beat Barcelona at the new Camp. Well, they've got another scalp. They've beaten Sevilla two 0 Yeah, Trezeguet. Hercules two, love it? affair. It is <laughs> very good. Uh, David Trezeguet, as you say, James scoring two goals there. Uh, he's nearly 33, old Trezeguet. Yeah, he's one of those players who has just been around for years, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. When he retires, you'll think, what? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. You know, but he still doesn't, older, he doesn't seem know? old to me. No. Because he was, he came through very young, didn't he? So he always yeah, he seemed like a young player. And I just feel like he's about 28. I do, you know do what as mean? well. And, but that he has been for about a decade. Mm. Yeah. Well, what a glorious decade. Um, uh, Jose Mourinho has been piping up. Can you believe he's claiming that other teams in Spain make life easy for Barcelona? This is such a classic thing mm. for managers to do, isn't it? How many times have we heard that about Manchester United or Chelsea from either boss? Uh, yeah, he says apparently when teams play Barcelona, they field understrength sides. And uh, but, but I mean, but does he mean comparatively? <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. I can't yeah. pay this, but, uh, but yeah. I just think that I, I just think with, with with him, he will use any advantage to his mm. advantage. He mm. will use anything. Um, well, I he's think already, to get ahead. So he, if, if, if if you can't criticise other teams for resting players, because mm. at the end of the day, there's no point in going up against Barcelona with a with a with a side that's worth five million pounds. You're just going to get all right, Mick McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mourinho is already starting the siege mentality, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Uh, you know he's making it look like Barcelona get favourable treatment and Real Madrid are hard done by and everybody hates them blah 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 and that's what he's done wherever he's been and it's worked so yeah. this should not be a surprise to anyone really but I think Madrid are a different they're different kettle of fish slightly because they are one of the two huge teams in, in Spain now obviously Inter are a big side but I just think that even some people in Madrid will find it hard to think what everyone's against us you know mm. uh, I think maybe I d I'm not sure if, if people are going to run with that like they might have done elsewhere. Well, you know, we'll see, won't we? But it's, it's clearly this is the uh, the mechanism starting to well, the last turn. Is that a thing? The Mourinho mechanism. <laughs> we'll go Mourinho-ism. <laughs> yeah, when, when we went to uh, go and see Barcelona, a lot of people were um, smoking weed, so maybe the Barcelona, mm. they'll be paranoid, but for a different reason. <laughs> right. The paranoia of uh, siege mm, mentality. Yeah. I'm just going to stay here and smoke. And right. shell peanuts and laugh every time something good happens, which is about every 30 <laughs> seconds. Um, an irrelevant opinion. Uh, Not really an opinion, just a regaling <laughs> of an experience. <laughs> but well worth it, though, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, right, James, it's Serie A time. Yes. And let me tell you, people, Serie A, at the moment, five games in, is outrageously tight. Mm. <laughs> from, from first to 20th, that's top to bottom, nine points separate them. Now, OK, there's only five games, but still... Let's just move that one up a notch. First to 19th from Internacional to Lecce, 
five points separate <laughs> five points separate first to 90 that is incredible it is there's a lot of draws around mid-term isn't there yeah. yeah there is indeed but into into top uh, joint top with Lazio you know but uh, wonderful wonderful reading that is <laughs> um, and uh, Mil- everyone's, everyone's lost a game that's the thing like, that's the weird thing yeah there's no undefeated team <laughs> yeah. is there? well it's, it's a bit fresh isn't it because obviously Inter dominated under Mourinho and had this style where Benitez has come in it's going to be a bit different and it, right. it just seems um, well cl- the league is bearing out that it's quite open league table doesn't lie no um, Unless you change it, you doctor it in some way. Well, that's you doing the lying. Well, um, uh, Roma beat Inter uh, on on the weekend. Late diving header. It was a beautiful diving mm. header. Vucinic. Uh, Vucinic. It wasn't good player. Yeah. Should see him in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, Roma when they played Brescia uh, in midweek? There was a couple of real standout moments in that game. Mexes, the French defender, was sent off for making a great tackle, actually. It was a real harsh sending off. I think, obviously, the referee didn't see it. Because from a certain angle, it does look as though he, he takes a man from behind. Mm. And, and I think had already had a booking, but it could have been a straight red anyway. But he, he's a great tackle. And he just went mental. Like, I've, I've not seen anything like it for a while. People were having to... Totti went mental him. a little while ago, didn't he? Maybe it's a Roma thing. Yeah, let's hope so. It was like the Warnock one at the weekend, where he should have been off for a second. <laughs> What was that one? Stephen well, Warnock, yeah, that was yeah, shocking. Before, Great yeah. game, that, actually. Yeah, Wolves Villa. Oh, right. He crossed it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Mexis has been banned for three matches on just because of the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> the reaction has got him a, a three-match ban. Also in the game, though, Julio Sergio, the goalkeeper, uh, went out and, and did an awful tackle on one of the Brescia players. I forget his name. And in his in the tackle, he damaged his ankle ligaments quite badly. Hmm. But at the time, it was right towards the end of the game. I think it was about five minutes or something left. And Rome had already used all their subs, and so they were, and they were already down to ten men. So he had to strap up his ankle and play through it. And he was he was actually crying. Yeah, because I horrible really when I when this game was on, there were reports coming through on Twitter and things like that that he'd actually broken his leg because they originally right, thought it right. was it was that serious, and he still had to play on. It's a horrible uh, why image. Why would they have just brought him off? Seeing though? men so cry, just a footballer who's worth millions and millions of pounds. Yeah. Why would they not just take him off? That's, yeah. That seems that would. I, if I was the medical staff, I'd be very annoyed at the manager. Do you think yes. Zlatan would play on? Woody <laughs> <laughs> no. balls. No, Zlatan would be going in hard on the keeper in yeah, that situation. Yeah. Any advantage? Yeah. He scored. Uh, Milan. They won a game. Mm. Um, they won one nil at home to Genoa. He scored four goals in five matches now for Milan. Doing well. He's got such big feet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the Palermo owner uh, Maurizio Zamparini. He's has, mental. That guy. He is indeed. Um, but God bless him for that. He's held. Uh, Javier Pastore uh, the Argentinian player as the new Zidane well, that'll help him won't it <laughs> <laughs> good move but apparently he's decent though he's, oh yeah he's um, highly rated isn't he it's Pastore but yeah he, he, he described him he said he is the new Zidane he is very strong and complete um, very complete yeah indeed uh, <laughs> and he was of course made a couple of sub appearances at the World Cup so one to watch out mm, for last, there last week I believe it was um, Zamperini actually said that um, Inter are the new Juventus in that he thinks they're cheating he's good value that guy we should yeah. keep our eyes on him <laughs> who's the new Rolling, Rolling Stones that's a everyone throws these sort of like accolades around don't they in the, in the musical press yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember Martin one monkeys. decent player that's ever just their career has been the next to someone else you know what I mean it's just a completely futile tag um, indeed uh, let's go to the Bundesliga Steve McLaren's Wolfsburg won their third match in a row yeah he's turned it around he's hasn't he beating Freiburg 2-1 because they lost the first three games but they've um, seemingly 
turned it around. I remember we, we mentioned this at the time, but he, he said, like, oh, I didn't realise it would be this hard. It seems <laughs> like he's got his head around it, and he's, uh, I'd love he's obviously adapting quite quickly, which is uh, good I'd to I'd love see. it after that game, he went, well, I didn't realise it was going to be this easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is piss. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell, I started trying. I signed up, turned in, I turned up sober, and look what happened. <laughs> um, that may or may not be true. Uh, now, did you see this? Um, it was the BBC reported on this, that uh, on the weekend... Borussia Dortmund went away to Schalke and the Dortmund fans have started a protest um, uh, 1,500 Dortmund fans returned their tickets and even those who were unable to get refunds uh, didn't travel and uh, this is because that uh, they are not happy that they're being asked to pay more than uh, 20 euros for a, for a ticket wow. <laughs> for this game mm. and these are two big German sides yeah um, they were, uh, apparently last season Schalke were charging 13.5 euros for the same match and so the price has been put up to 22 euros this is the same weekend of course that Liverpool play Manchester, played Manchester United and the Liverpool travelling fans had to pay £51 for a yeah, ticket exactly. now you can argue that the quality is perhaps slightly higher at Old Trafford but still they're two big teams in Germany and I mean for crying out loud the, the, the golf is not that oh, oh by the way we should mention that that isn't just a case of the Dortmund fans being annoyed at Schalke because um, the, uh, the Stefan Ursfeld from the German fanzine uh, magazine uh, Schwarzgeld uh, Gelb said that uh, the process is not aimed towards Schalke but against the price hike which basically every club here in Germany is a part of mm. uh, but the, the example I was going to use which um, again <coughs> the BBC use is that uh, when, when Schalke got coach um, the, their coach Felix Magath uh, he came in and the, a lot of the, the fans were very unhappy um, because of the, the ticket prices and so on and Magath said basically said oh shut up and get on with it and he came in and got rid of um, the club support uh, liaison officer who'd been working that job for 20 years mm. and and just dismissed the fans' protest saying that they were a small group of supporters and that prompted 3,000 Schalke fans to wear t-shirts which had the slogan the small group on the front of them nice. <laughs> and, he, and he had to change his uh, managerial style and, and he spent time talking to supporters uh, before they signed uh, Klaus Jan Huntelaar from, from Milan mm. so I think it, it can be done you know, it's, it's, an interesting thing. it's interesting as well because Bundesliga Liga has struggled for a while with losing its top players and also in terms of um, it struggled to attract a lot of the top players I mean Robin and Ribery are very much uh, Hanslow as well I guess are very much sort of um, the exceptions to that and Van der Vaart before that as well and um, I mean I don't claim to be an expert on the finances of German football but perhaps this is sort of aimed at addressing that if the clubs are trying to bring in more money so they can compete sort of more effectively in Europe again that's probably the thinking behind it yeah well all to pay for <laughs> oh good Thank you very much uh, Right then Let's um, get away from Those who Love money uh, David Beckham Has been in Trinidad uh, Talking to Jack Warner Textbook, um, yeah. thank, you very, thank you very much uh, He's trying to get The World Cup vote Hmm I don't like the way D Beck's been dragged into this. Well, you know, it, no, I do. It's like sending yeah. James Bond in. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, but when when you hear Beckham say things like, "It's been great having the opportunity of talking with Jack about the bid and our thoughts going into the final stages," it is grotesque. It's a good He's referring to him as Jack. Mm. <laughs> I know that's his name, but everyone well, else has to call him Master. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, he is the poster boy for the for the bid and stuff. But if you, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to get down in the gutters. 
Well, Warner's boycott the World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Warner's been quite receptive to it, though, hasn't he? He's actually been quite sort of sycophantic about it. Whereas before, he's just been very sort of damning of England's bid. Wouldn't you be if you saw old David? Exactly. That's the thing. Sending him in. I saw a brilliant clip of him. uh, Oh, he's so shiny. After (laughs) after a Galaxy match, and um, some bloke, some bloke was shouting some uh, some libelous uh, stuff at him, and uh, he walked. He was. He he almost disappeared from view. They just turned round, topless, glistening with sweat. Just walked towards him like the. Say it to my face! Say it to my wonderful face! Yeah, he shouted, shouting, but the bloke went, he, the bloke's going, Rah! shouting the words which what we repeated, and then, uh, and then, he, and then when he turned, he goes, oh, he's coming, he's coming! <laughs> <laughs> he got really worried. Oh, what I love, that's but, what I love about Beckham though, because he does have a stare, and he, yeah. is, he must be hard. It was that bit when he goes, "Mind the lady." Remember that one yeah. from a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, I bet he was pushing, being pushed. Bet his sweats like Evian. But <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, naughty. Um, well, while we're on the subject of, of those who are FIFA people, uh, Jerome Valka has said that the South Africa 2010 World Cup was the best ever. It was the best in 2010. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't see any other better World Cup. I've suddenly got a lisp. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Can you catch a lisp? Well, I clearly oh, God. have. It was only a moment. Are we going to get it? <laughs> I think it's over. Uh, yeah, he said that this was uh, rated as the best World Cup ever. By who? And on what criteria? Because <laughs> it wasn't, was it, frankly? <laughs> By a long, long way. You're only as good as your last World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's clearly talking from like a sort of corporate FIFA point of view. Yeah. <laughs> we made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> we made a hell of a lot we of money. We displaced a lot of townships. <laughs> yeah. <We're, laughs> we sat on this country that could do nothing about it and just watched the cash roll in. But, but you know something, old um, <laughs> James Appel, to say his name again, um, he was saying that he reckons that Russia are going to get the World Cup. That'd be interesting. Because it, it fits in, as he said, it fits in to the whole FIFA thing of taking the World Cup to countries where it's never been had before mm. and perhaps doesn't have a, such a strong footballing tradition like England does. And he says that Russia will pretty much say to FIFA, OK, you want to host it here, what do you want us to do? Yeah. yeah. Whereas obviously England's got certain traditions and and so on and so forth in place, and it's more of a blank canvas for them. Mm. Well, they just sort of go, yeah, exactly. They just want sort of patsy sort of countries with loads of oil money. That's yeah. the kind of uh, <laughs> that's kind of their uh, <laughs> the cynical oil view. and diamond money. That's what they need. It's been <laughs> cynical slash realistic view. Yeah, yeah. there's it's been a lot of support on our forum for the Australian bid, Is which it? I think would be quite interesting. I mean, the time zones would be a nightmare, but. Um, I would be, yeah, love to matches be played. I morning, mean, they'd have to because think of Japan and South Korea. Yeah, it'd be similar, yeah. wouldn't it? I think. Um, but yeah, again, also support for America. And somebody on the forum made a good point that obviously they've had USA '94, but this is like—is it the 2022 World Cup they're talking about? Oh, the, so, the, the, yeah, 2018 and 2022. So, but yeah, by that time, it'll, it's a long they'd time. They never since get they that it. again. Sure, they never get that in the next. What about the Indonesian bid, Pete? <laughs> and think of, think of the um, the money involved, though. In America, it would be absolutely huge, and the, the game is taking off there now mm, in, a, yeah. in a way that, that hasn't been seen for, for since Nazal, and it's, it seems to have sort of, you know, uh, it seems to have sort of very firm roots now as well. Yeah. And some of them are highlighted roots. Mm. <laughs> um, right. Well. Um, it's time for me to nip off to Diego Corner. Oh, oh it's the corner that keeps on giving. <laughs> And I've just got there. Uh, right, well, uh, in Luke's absence, I will take up the reins and the keys of Diego Corner mm-hmm. and, and go in. Um, and Diego's in here, and he's saying that he wants to coach Argentina again. 
Yep, we're back to this. Um, <laughs> he said that uh, he'll even get rid of his uh, much-criticised assistants uh, to, to return to the role. That was the problem before. Grondona said, you can't have this assistant and that assistant, knowing that Diego would say, well, I'm going to quit. And he says, well, well, fine, then off you go. Um, but Maradona has, is saying that he's, he's going to go back on that. And he said, I'd give my life to be the national team coach. I'm dying to be with the team and I am thirsty for revenge. <laughs> it's, like he's, it's like he's bagged his dream woman. And, <laughs> and then started playing hard to get. <laughs> Do you know, it's crazy because he he had the opportunity to stay on, didn't he? Apparently, but um, they didn't want to keep his back his backroom stuff. That's right. The, the Argentinian FA back. said, "We'll don't keep his back." Yeah. 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 But isn't he now saying that you know he'll he'll get rid of them and um you know he'll do whatever to to have the job now and when Pretty this, much, this yeah. Batista is in place, isn't he? I think apparently. this is I think this is um, probably in response to him realising that he can't get any other job <laughs> yeah. in football and he owes the Outside Italian government yeah. millions yeah. of pounds yeah he can't exactly turn up in Italy very soon <laughs> um, he said that because he obviously was interested in a number of roles and he said with regards to the Mexico and Portugal jobs he said the Mexicans said they didn't want me the Portuguese I don't know <laughs> they never got back to me <laughs> they never even replied to him. and I think it was at that moment he thought yeah I'm going to have to get my old job back yeah <laughs> So yeah, he's like that bit in the office where uh, where Brent comes back with a dog. Go look yeah. at me, look, I got a little dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that what he's like? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's probably, that's fair enough. Like, yes, I've got an email, uh, Marcus. Oh, have you? Yes, um, it's from Jack Barclay um, from, as he says, Worcester, Mumbai, and Bakio. Right. I'm not really sure how this fits in, but maybe they'll explain in the email. Are they twins? Maybe, yeah. Uh, Dear Rambleforce, ho! At the age of 16, and as a big football fan, I have played many football matches, be it on the playground or in a Sunday league match. However, I'm also lucky to have travelled to many places in the world, such as India, Australia, and Spain, or more precisely, the Basque Country. He was one of those kids, one of their posh kids, who who had lots of holidays, I bet, Mm. (laughs) in school. Basque, that ain't a country! (laughs) Hey, it was. it was in India and in Spain that I enjoyed playing football the most. Oh. Whilst in India, I managed to play in a spontaneous match against some Indian Olympians, uh, which to my ignorant surprise was more challenging than expected. Um, although the group I was with came away with a 2-1 win, uh, so he's quite pleased. Well, that's that's awesome. yeah, nice. um, Genuine achievement. <laughs> in Spain, I played in an even more spontaneous beach match against a group of Ugandan dancers who were visiting Spain for a festival. Uh, both matches were just a complete joy to play in, and it was a nice change from the wet wind night in Bolton style games I play in for my local team my question to you is what is the most spontaneous slash obscure slash enjoyable match you have been involved in and what made it so special keep up the good rambling Jack Barclay Worcester Mumbai and Bakio ah. Jack you know boys this is going to give me an excuse to talk go. about my travels <laughs> you're doing your Alan Wick a bit <laughs> Alan Pricker uh, yeah, oi. Hey. Hey. it was pretty good though yeah, that was good. Um, uh, no I I, I I hate going on about it um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but I did uh, visit South America once upon a time yes with my good friend Slappy and we uh, got caught up in a game in the Ecuadorian rainforest wow <laughs> yeah. we caught the monkeys I scored a hat trick Cool. We lost though. Right. We, we played the tour guides and we, we got beat tenor. Can you imagine the humidity? When you say the jungle, I mean, I d- yeah. Where is the where was the room for? Was just lots of goalposts. <laughs> That's a goal. <laughs> no, no, no. It? It was the, the tour guides. <laughs> <did. laughs> trick. Very dense. There was a clear space. <laughs> a clear space. Yeah, yeah. I said right. Let's have a bit of deforestation. I want to play football. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, they they'd sort of erected these uh, goalposts. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like erection that word. And 
we started playing. It was four v four, and it was an incredibly flat, heavy ball. Just it was like a bongo advert. We got beat ten eight, but I scored three goals. Yeah. Oh, Are you happy? Um, and then, uh, but I was so, <laughs> but I was so, I was so uh, sweaty. sweaty that, I, and the showers were broke. Oh, and you're so hairy as showers. Well. Yeah, well, in the kind jungle. Of, well, I'm surprised you weren't know. befriended by a simian. And with that uh, hair. Well, maybe I was, and but I didn't go in the river to wash because there were piranhas in there. He mm. didn't, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just one example. Smart move, though, mate. My, my, my second example was on the same trip. I was in the salt flats in Bolivia, mm. and they had like a little concrete pitch. There were proper goals and all. And we had a we had a marvelous time. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds like some really weird kind of surreal dream. Yeah, just playing on a con- concrete pitch on some salt flats <laughs> with you. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Odd. <laughs> it's a good Take dream. me out of the equation, does it? The, the, the dream element is removed. Well, it's just lonelier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was class. I, my story is not as sophisticated or classy. Anyway, back fact, to the UK. Yeah, in fact, um, <laughs> I don't think I even played in the game myself. It was just after <laughs> the... Um, it was after the... Um, was it, what was it? I think it was Euro 2004, and uh, England had just beaten Switzerland. And you got um, the last ten, did you? I was in a yeah, I was in a pub <laughs> in Romford. Such uh, <laughs> you see, classy individual that so I am. You started kicking someone's head around. Yeah, People well, come was... to me for escapers, and they get half reality. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling it how it's it like is. Avatar mixed with Shane Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and basically this this game just broke out in the car park with about 30 or 40 people in it and there can't have been that many I'm just exaggerating that in my football. mind but there, were, but there were a lot of people playing it and there was yeah. just like broken glass all over the place and it was like I think it got to a point where it was like shirts and skins someone had a ball yeah. uh, just from somewhere everyone was hammered and it was people were very quickly exhausted yeah. and a, a few people got injured because you know concrete glass <laughs> drunkenness yeah. bad you know is a simple equation which I'm sure we can all live by yeah. and um, it was just it was a lot of fun though it was great because it, it was a genuine sense of euphoria yeah. that was being expressed by um, just people being, having so much energy from yeah. watching the game. It, it was a really lovely moment. Don't know why I didn't play. <laughs> Broken really glass. Oh, yeah, rubbish. You were, <laughs> yeah, you, you were throwing glasses at people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, someone had to do it. We yeah, were in Romford. Fair enough. Pete, I, my, I got the short probably, straw. My one's probably the one that I've already done this ramble before with uh, that football match that uh, that broke up between me, a couple of friends, and Michael Brown, the uh, Hartlepool <laughs> and Man City Hatchet legend. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and then that man who turned up on a bike and who uh, <laughs> looked like Trevor Sinclair. So how you got that weird elbow injury with Michael hammer. Brown no, going in hard? No, no, that was unrelated. Unrelated. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then a man tied up with a hammer and yeah. all kinds of... Did we have any spontaneous games of football in South Africa? We didn't. I, we, I, did I remember, and I remember oh, we did shouting everyone that we didn't. D- we didn't um, kick a football in anger. No, I we think didn't. we had a tennis ball. We kicked around in the flat, as I recall. Oh yeah, yeah. broke a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> they might be listening. Nice so grammar. Nice they not listening. They had. I nearly brought that a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we, we had. We had. I had my tears. I was chasing you around with. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's on the Facebook. That's that's good, yeah. Good uh, in, in, I mentioned my mate Slappy there. He made. A, he inquired about the Dean Windass Hall of Fame. He said. When someone is inducted and you give them a round of applause, what he imagines is you know, like stars in their eyes. Yeah. Well, they kind of come out know, of a set of doors. There you go, Tony Adams, into the Dean Windass Hall of Fame. And oh, he goes, thank you very much. And he goes through one door and he comes out the other, and all the other inductees are in the crowd clapping him. 
but he comes through and he is Tony Adams in his peak with his Arsenal kit on <laughs> the other nice. side alright yeah yeah wrinkles away yeah Bang! Not that yeah. he's that old. Not that he's that old. <laughs> so like Dennis Burkamp would sort of strut out maybe with his Dutch kit of '98 or something. Yeah, <laughs> just like, fresh off the pitch after scoring that hat trick against Leicester. Yeah, thinking, exactly. what, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what happens. <clears throat> Jack has not Jack Charlton. I was about to say has a full yeah. head of hair, but no, he doesn't. No, he never did. Never did. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. He was bald even as a baby. That's a very good point. Um, before we move away from the emails, um, yeah. I've got some internet-related palaver, which is kind of just kind of like an email. It's not. It's a Facebook status. It's a simple Facebook status. Mm. Um, it's a good friend of the ramble, James Cox. James Cox. I just I just wanted to read this out because I saw it yesterday. Kicking my phone around the kitchen really hasn't helped fix it. <laughs> so I think that's a lesson in f- for all of us that we can learn in life and take something from there. So thank you very much, Coxie. Yeah. <laughs> Good. This is, is, that, is, this that is the same. Nice. This is strange same, and nice at the same time. This is the same lad who uh, supports Chelsea. Yet when Fulham, sc- which game was it? Was it when they beat uh, Hamburg? I don't know. The- Make sure anecdote. <laughs> yeah, it was in the it was in the Europa League semi final, and they beat Hamburg two one. And when they scored the second, there he is, James Cox, watching the game with his girlfriend, hmm. and he ran around the living room going, "Oh, I love football." <laughs> 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 oh bless him And that all means Ladies and gentlemen It's profile time Profile time Yes um, uh, Right Well This week We've got the man The fans call Super Ali <laughs> <laughs> Ali McCoist MBE A rare blue In the Dean Windows Hall of Fame Yes There's <laughs> only Paul Gass Going in isn't there really I think so mm. yeah. it, How many Celtic players Have we got in We've got Jimmy Johnson And Henrik Larson. Roy Keane Keane yeah. Mm, yeah yeah there's a few yeah um, is Barnes in there John Barnes no no no. Oh, would no. we even mention his time at Celtic if we could it's <laughs> <laughs> very true very true indeed uh, Alistair Murdoch McCoist I um, did not know his <laughs> no I, I'm delighted with that <laughs> wonderful um, uh, not quite Alan Valderrama but still um, uh, let's not go there uh, he was born on the 24th of September 1962, so a very recent birthday. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. 1962. For, t- for Count the fingers. Hand, one, two, three, four, five. Five years. Five, five years. fingers five before summer. the. Five years before the glove. summer of love. Luke, would you come back? <laughs> <laughs> um, indeed, he's uh, a Scottish great. Mm. Um, a, a, a goal scoring legend. He's got legendary status in Scotland, uh, certainly. Well, again, again uh, we've discussed this before. One of those men who uh, his his media career um, hasn't tarnished his uh, his footballing career, like Gary Lineker, like mm. uh, people like that. I would I would sort of use the Gary Lineker example. Yeah, he's, mm. a, he's a television presenter who um, you could even say actually he's he's kind of like the Scottish equivalent of Gary Lineker. Oh yeah, very much. So. Very yes. similar kind of players. Yeah, similar. Yeah, or both had media careers. Mm. Mm. Yeah, both quite jocular. Yeah, likable chaps like the women. Every man, good looking. Allegedly, <laughs> I'm sort of going. Good looking, Gary. You're just yeah, enthusing about Lineker <laughs> and McCoist. Yeah, he's got a tan. He's got more t- tanned legs. He's got tan legs. Like, like the McCoist. You've gone giddy with loss. Oh. It's weird. You're just <laughs> saying things, oh, and jiggling around. Beautiful number nines. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, oh, quintessential number nine. Yeah. Good point. He began his professional uh, life. 
professional life um, <laughs> as a baby, as a teenager at St. Johnson. Uh, as a baby? Is that good? <laughs> yeah. No one's touching my babies. Um, Started uh, out in Rangers under nuns. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. Uh, McCoy, he was training with St. Mirren as a 16-year-old, but he was rejected for being too small by... Alex Ferguson. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Rare misjudgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a subplot, though. It ends there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had uh, 19 appearances in two seasons uh, with St Johnston when he signed for them. He scored uh, 22 goals in 38 games for them. And that's. Not bad then, yeah? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So he went to Sunderland, Pete, mm. a club you're fond of, uh, for £400,000, which was a lot of money back then. Although he didn't do too well at uh, Sunderland, although he was quite liked by the fans, actually. Um, the, uh, he, didn't, he didn't score many goals there, and he stayed there for a couple of seasons. And then he returned to Scotland uh, to Rangers uh, in uh, 1983 for 185,000. And my giddy aunt was he to have a time and a half there. <laughs> I want to meet this aunt. <laughs> yeah. You mention her a lot. She sounds mental. <laughs> my giddy grandfather. Uh, in 15 years as a Rangers player, he, uh, he smashed all their striking records, and I would imagine they probably won't be beaten. Probably one in one, more or less. And he, <laughs> he's a one in one man. Um, he, uh, oh, he had a great time there. He made uh, his debut uh, against St Mirren, actually, the side he played for in the 83-84 season. And he, he scored nine goals that year. But uh, as he, he went, as the years went by, he was uh, certainly to score a few more. Uh, in 85-86, he got 24 goals. And because of his happy-go-lucky kind of nature uh, and likeable chap that he was, he, he soon earned the nickname Super Alley. And in the 86-87 season, he scored 34 goals, which was to be his highest tally uh, in one season, which he would uh, do a couple more times. Then, of course, Graeme Souness took over at Rangers in, in 1986. And uh, uh, they a couple of years um, went by. McCoyce was playing well. He was up front with Mo Johnson. Do you remember Mo Johnson? Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Recently uh, was in America, wasn't <laughs> he? Oh, that's right, yeah. And, or was it Canada he's in? No, it, yes, it was, of course. It was in Vancouver, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Or was it Toronto? It was one of them. He's in North America. Yes. Uh, yeah, he had a great partnership with Mo Johnson. And then uh, they signed Mark Haightley. And I think McCoy sort of clashed with uh, Soonis, because Soonis is obviously a very serious man. Yeah. You don't cross Soonis. And McCoy a little bit of a joker, a little bit of uh, a cheeky chappy. Um, and he found himself on the bench quite a bit, uh, which got him the nickname The Judge. <laughs> uh, which I quite like actually. <laughs> uh, so the, the the Johnson and McCoy's partnership kind of stopped, uh, which was a very effective partnership, and it was Johnson and, and Haitley. Then Mo Johnson left, Walter Smith took charge, and Haitley and McCoy formed a deadly partnership, which was to, to rip all sorts of shreds out of uh, other teams in Scotland. And they, uh, he went to Italia 90 uh, with Scotland, but he, d he didn't start any games uh, for Scotland. He had a bit of a funny uh, international career, uh, McCoy, which we'll talk about uh, throughout. But uh, in 91-92, in which was quite possibly his best season, he scored 34 goals. And he won both the Players Player of the Year and the Sports Writers Award uh, when Rangers completed a domestic treble. And what accolade did he win, PT, that year? Did he win the European Golden Boot? He did indeed, Pete. He did. <laughs> and uh, it was the first time a Scot had won the award. And I think it was the only time, I'd imagine. Yeah, Scottish would, you would think so. Well, he, and he repeated that the year later. Now, well, that was, it wasn't the only time, was it? it oh. Oh, dear. 
Hey, Silly. Tricked us. Yeah. <laughs> so he won it two years in a row. Uh, in a row? In a row. Yeah, you're row. getting into row. this, isn't you? You're getting back <laughs> to your Scottish two roots. Years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but that was when the European Golden Boot, of course, was. Um, it, that was when it wasn't ranked on a point system. Right. Like it is now. So a goal was a goal anywhere, you know, rather than certain points for certain goals. Right. There was a few years, of course, when it was like that. But still, he's, he's got the accolade and he's won it two years in a row, which is, which is quite some achievement, really. Um, he broke his leg playing for Scotland uh, in Portugal in 93, and he missed the last seven games of the season in the Scottish Cup final. But he still scored 34 goals that season, wow. missing eight games. Um, and then that's a real shame for him, actually, g- given that that was the number each time. Yeah, that's a real missed yeah, opportunity yeah. for him to sort of beat his own record. Yeah, a shame for the for the big man. Um, but he, he came back, of course, and I think it was about six months later. Uh, he was he came on against Hibbs in the Scottish Cup final, League Cup final, and McCoist was a bastard for scoring a winning goal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, oh, we need so- who's I'll oh, get Ali on, you know? Yeah, and uh, he scored an overhead kick. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a spectacular one, but still, it's Ali McCoy's. Well, no, it will have been. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> is, it, is it possible to score an unspectacular overhead kick? It was one of those sort of, uh, less of a scissor kick, more of a lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of back folly, that's yeah, what exactly. you call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still impressed with those, Very purely because I, w- I just would not be able to coordinate it myself. <laughs> um, he scored 28 hat-tricks for Rangers. Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that is loads of hat-tricks. Yeah. Um, and he's second in the list of uh, Rangers scorers in old firm games with a total of, of 27. I wonder who... Sorry, just on a tangent. Mm. I wonder who is the... Who holds the record for scoring the most hat-tricks in football? Mm. So get on that round force. Fernando Perez, So we don't have to maybe. Probably will be Perez, yeah. Yes but we'll see uh, Yeah good good call James um, uh, He holds the record For league and European goals For Rangers And he was the club's Leading scorer In nine of his 15 seasons Bearing in mind A couple of them He was injured Quite a bit for um, uh, he, he Just a quintessential uh, Poacher Yeah uh, Loved getting on the end Of moves and crosses And whatnot In and around the penalty area um, he just he just knew exactly where the corner was. Yeah, I just yeah. remember he was always stroking balls over the, like just to the, to the right or left of the keeper. And it's just it was just it's more um, it would be more sort of uh, odd to see him not score than yeah. yeah. He seemed to be always on the spot. Just treat. accurate, wasn't yeah, he? Just yeah. one of those players at once, almost like Van Nistelrooy when he's in the box. Yeah, it's just yeah. like you know he's going to score. Like, just <laughs> yeah. He was class. I mean, he was the right place at the right time yeah. kind of player. And it was funny because a lot of fans who weren't Rangers fans, of course, uh, would often go, oh, he never scores a good goal. Well, he did actually score a few good goals. But it was like, no, he just, he's just right place, right time kind of player. I thought, well, <laughs> hmm. uh, that's, that's, a, that's a very good skill in yeah, itself, isn't that's it? That's right. in very good positioning is obviously yeah. a but that's the very kind of big stuff, part of the game. That's the kind of stuff that you can't teach sometimes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's kind of instill, it's just natural for him to yeah. do that. And it, Good footballing brain as well. Mm. You know. so that, um, uh, Jared Hullier was quoting Shankly this week about um, Emil Heskey and sort of saying, um, "If you miss a sitter, at least you were in the um, position to miss that sitter." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I quite like uh, to, uh, mm. an expression I've held dear all my life. <laughs> <laughs> at least I was there. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's only one of three players uh, to, fe- to have featured in all the uh, nine in a row titles that Rangers won the oh, famous wow. nine in a row. The others were Richard Goffin and Ferguson, incidentally. That was some achievement. That oh, it's incredible. Equal in Celtic's record. Um, I bet Celtic were delighted to not um, yeah, to I think stop them beating Yeah, that. that's right. Because I, I don't think that will probably ever happen again, I wouldn't have thought. Um, he played at Euro 96, which was the other big highlight for Scotland. 
and he again he never started uh, against England he was brought mm. on and he was just the type of player who you just think oh, d- with him you know had they have played him against England he's just likely to score in a game like that yeah you know I mean he would always score against Celtic you know you always get goals in cup finals and, but he's mm. like a sort of I don't know just sort of like Ian Wright or something all these players that didn't have a decent England career who were always scoring for their club yeah Robbie Fowler yeah, yeah. Celez you it's know. weird, isn't it? It's weird how the, the, it doesn't translate on the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did get one uh, though, a beauty against Switzerland in Euro '96, a right pinger from outside the box, and a lovely celebration. Runs over to Craig Brown, and you can see him as he as he runs over so passionately about scoring, and he goes to hug him, and he thinks, "No, it's the gaffer," and he gives him a, a hand. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a shame for Scotland because, of course, that would have taken him through with England. Uh, the goal difference apart from when Patrick Clivert mm. scored um, so yeah uh, but he was always a player again in, in qualifiers who he would just excite the fans when he was brought on mm. you know um, his last match for Rangers was in the 1998 Scottish Cup final which they actually lost 2-1 against Hearts but he did score the goal and it's funny because if you re- if you look at his honours with Rangers he won 10 league championships 9 league cups but only 1 Scottish Cup that's <laughs> funny really that, yeah. that kind of uh, eluded him so many times um, and then of course he, he played for Kilmarnock after that he played there for uh, three years before retiring and then he moved into the media world and oh, he had a career in the media whilst he was going on the um, I forget the name of the show but it was with uh, Macaulay Fred Macaulay Frank Macaulay he's a Scottish celebrity you might not have heard of him <laughs> no when well, he was on uh, not do you think it's all what was the it was I think it's all wasn't it one, yeah. yeah he was on Question of Sport and then he joined up with uh, Walter Smith with the Scottish national team and then as uh, Rangers, Rangers assistant manager to Walter Smith currently and I'd imagine that, well I wouldn't imagine uh, Walter Smith saying that he could be Rangers manager in the future mm. which would be uh, remarkable he's also done a little bit of acting really? yeah he oh, was yes, in I've uh, seen this. I've seen A this. Shot at Glory with Robert Duvall <laughs> Is it that was, good? Have you seen it? No, I've seen the clips with Ali McCoyston. I'll put, I'll stick them up on Rumble Tube this week. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a piece of work. It really is. <laughs> Marvellous. Wooden, would you say? No, is, wooden. Is he's just, no, he's quite good at it. But if you look, it's just seeing someone so far out of their comfort zone. <laughs> it's almost as if they're screaming, What am I doing? Oh. <laughs> Um, he was awarded an MBE in 94 for his services to Scottish football and he was inducted to the Scottish Sports Hall of Fame in 2007 the one um, for the uh, Dean Hall that's right he's also a member of the Scottish uh, Football Hall of Fame and now he's going to have stars in his eyes because he's coming into the Dean Windows Hall of Fame ladies and gentlemen in you come Ali. <laughs> I'm picturing the doors opening the dry ice coming out now everyone in there <laughs> waving him in marvellous lovely stuff well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the football ramble. I hope you've had uh, a lovely time. The, the football ramble, uh, of course, uh, has been renamed this this week. Or rather, the football ramble hasn't really been re- renamed. The actual title of the, the show, show has been named. Um, I threw it out on uh, on the Twitter and the forum, basically. You never. If you, I did. If you go at the forum, there's all kinds of bits and bobs in there. But today, I gave uh, the, the forumites, because that's what they're called. <laughs> the forumites. The ramble forum. They sound like a forums, sort of rock formation. Yeah. Uh, the chance to uh, name this show so uh, well done to Carl Shepherd, who named Garforth and Manage which nice. I quite like, like the Paul Gascoigne obviously going to Garforth Town so Garforth 
and, uh, and manage. The joke works. You don't have to explain <laughs> it, Pete. It's fine. <laughs> you know what people are like. <laughs> <laughs> that is a cool song. The uh, the new lovely twinkly eyed football ramble website. Uh, Star Spangled, I think. Star Spangled. Yeah. The football ramble. The forum's a lot of fun. The I can't remember. The football ramble. The football ramble dot com. Um, any more for any more? Well, the blogs on there. Oh many yeah, the reads, don't they? Far away, James. Far oh away. yeah. Well, there's, there's blogs from James Appel, who we've, we've mentioned a couple of times on the show. Andy Brassel, actual journalist. Andy Brassel. Russell, um, Joel Richards. Oh, yeah, Joel Richards, journalist. actual yeah. journalist. Yeah, well, they are, aren't they? There's a Rupert Fryer and Brian Maxwell from uh, South America Football.co.uk. Chris Nee from Two Footy Tackled as me. Yeah. Oh, man in Pyongyang, a man from yeah. behind the, the wall of. Do they have a wall? The Iron Wall. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> the Communist Wall. Of, yeah. uh, the Firewall. They've got a big firewall, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, they call it the Great Firewall of China, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's specifically for China. Good. Oh, well. Uh, there we are. Right, well, that uh, gives me just about enough time to say say goodbye, James or Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Pete. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Uh, we're all off to Trinidad to sweet talk Jack Warner. Cheers. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.